Hello and welcome back to the other 99% podcast where we take a step back from the 1% marginal gains that society has become obsessed with and instead focus on the other 99%. Throughout this series, we discuss everything related to self-actualization and becoming the very best possible version of yourself. I'm your co-host, Tom Osmond, as always joined by George Cook. I'm so impressed you remember that. It's been a while. Yeah, I actually made a little change. I don't know if it sounded better. I changed the tense of one of the sentences. Uh, well, my memory is terrible, so whatever you did, I enjoyed it. <laughs> we'll see if our keen listeners picked up on it. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and check now. Yeah, but it's good to be back. This is the first. We were just saying, we think the last one we did was just before Christmas, so it's nice to be back recording podcasts again. Um, we've both had a pretty busy start to the new year, so we should be back to weekly episodes from from this week onwards yeah um i have actually really missed it i've missed doing it um i've been doing quite a lot of reading still but not not discussing it in the same way with anyone so um yeah it's been a bit odd but you're right it has been a pretty full-on start to the year um what have you been reading at the moment uh i just read groundedness by an author I can't remember because I never remember the author um but I just finished reading Groundedness yeah really good actually um it was quite practical um so there are a few quotes one in particular um that I enjoyed and has been quite relevant to me obviously still coming back from injury um the quote was uh this is where I am and I'm doing the best I can this is where I am and um I just really enjoy that yeah, that's a good um, point. which you know we're going to touch touch a little bit on New Year's stuff today and goal settings. We're saying this is about the time of year that everyone starts quitting on their New Year's targets. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's quite a nice way to view exercise and life, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before we get into that topic, yeah, I know you've bashed Stephen Bartlett a bit on previous episodes. <laughs> Um, and I normally fight his corner a little bit, but I was listening to something yesterday and now I'm completely with you because what was he talking about yesterday? Well, I, I wasn't actually listening to him. I was listening to people talk about him and okay. he's had a few people on recently and I've listened to some stuff mainly related to nutrition. I thought that sounds a bit ropey, but maybe, yeah. I've kind of given him the benefit of the doubt because I think maybe you don't know enough about those topics to be able to challenge the people that you get on your podcast because they are the expert in whatever they are talking about. But apparently, yeah. all these guests on that are quite, especially in nutrition, they're quite controversial, like not very evidence-based. Right. Oh, fantastic. He, he's basically like investing into these companies stocks then getting them on the podcast to bump up the stock price to make money out of it but he comes across as this genuine uh. <laughs> this genuine like this is, money, this is my passion project but it's actually all just comes back to money for him so i think i'm going to start boycotting stephen bartlett yeah i'm glad to have you on the team <laughs> <laughs> and this, i still hate andrew as well so I'm struggling to find a good podcast. Isn't yeah, it? and um, yeah, do you know what? I went a through a phase Hume. where. 
Go on, you go ahead. I keep talking over you. I was going to say, there's a phase where I was listening to so much of Chris Williams' podcast that now the little things that he does is like you pick up on habits because you listen to it so many episodes in a row. Um, and I've realised that he's got like three topics that he comes back to every single time. Yeah. Like whatever they're talking about, he's he somehow manages to bring it back to the fact that he was bullied as a child, for example. So the, it's like, I don't understand how that was relevant. <laughs> the, the things that pop in my head, the stuff he always comes back to is the one about you invite someone because you probably should invite them, then they say yes because they feel like they should attend, but you both don't want to do that thing. Yeah. Um, what else is he talking about? Uh, the, the pill you're, you're, movement. Yeah, like the red or blue pill. Which one are you get? Yeah, the, the, there's a lot. Yeah, of, I, you're completely right. There's a lot of things he does take where he brings it back to like his realm of knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what we all do to an extent, isn't it? But um, yeah. yeah, I just I think I listen to too many of them in a row. And the, yeah, but I th I think a lot of people do do that because we're both a big fan of James Smith, but he'll always bring something back to. The sunk cost fallacy, or uh, yeah, what's the other one? Something to the mean regression to the mean, that that kind of stuff. His um, his Instagram is hilarious at the moment, though. I've not been watching it recently. He does um, he's best mates with that Alid Omega guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I thought Have you were seen that. Is he different, Alid Omega? Yeah, Black Zeus is his Instagram thing. Black Zeus. Is that not Paula Lima? I'll have a look later. But they're, so they're two people that I still trust at least. Yeah, he's got a few. That's sorry. It's Paula Lima, isn't it? Yeah, Alima Omega is his Instagram. Yeah, but Alima Omega is his Instagram handle. I don't think I follow him. Yeah, That's where I've got that from. That is a guy that I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very, very funny. Um, so they've just been taking the piss out of all the um like new year, new me influencer like stuff. Yeah. Um, which which I think is quite funny because as usual, there's a load of crap that comes out in January. Yeah, and gyms are busy at the moment. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't go to the gym anymore. Hey, um you, you said you did your first run the other day. Yeah, so well, my first proper run. It was my fourth actual run. Um, but I've still been seeing this physio chiropractor guy and just doing like unbelievable core stuff with him. And I managed to run 5k yesterday for the first time since I hurt my back. Nice. Uh, it wasn't quick, it wasn't pretty, but um, Would yeah, you do I it did it. Half it an was, hour? Yeah, half an hour. Um, right. just sort of plodded around and yeah, I mean, it was pain-free pretty much, so that was a big win for me. Nice. And then you, yeah. you're not lifting again yet? No, I'm still doing, like, the rehab stuff, but, you know, my heaviest thing is a dumbbell deadlift with, like, 15 kilos in each hand. Um, the rest of it is, like, plank variations and weird types of sit-up and things like that. Yeah. Which I find very difficult, but it's not, you know, lifting for progression, as it were. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least you're back doing something. Can the, do you get any back pain now or not really? Um, as long as I stay within my limits, no. Like I've been swimming a lot. 
um, and that's been pain free. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm back exercising and training properly in the pool. So like mentally in a much better place, you know, it's quite difficult sort of around Christmas when there's loads of food, loads of drink and you're not exercising. And I was just inflated for a month. Um, I put on like a, st- put on a stone or something like that. <laughs> um, and then couldn't burn it off, which was a bit depressing. But again, you know, this is where you are and doing the best you can. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've put on five or six kg since last summer. So I started about a kilogram a month I probably gained. It's not too bad. You put on a... Nah, it could be worse. Yeah. Some of it's muscle, isn't it? You had a bit of a back injury as well, didn't you? So, Yeah, I still feel it a little bit now and again. Still get a bit of... Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't stop me doing anything because it's nowhere near as bad as it was. Um, so I just carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't see a physio, don't change anything. Perfect. Well, on on the topic of like podcasts, you can't trust like Andrew Huberman, and oh, that's what I was gonna say. I, I was listening to a clip of him the other day saying why you should lift heavy, and it was absolute nonsense. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> For the record, for most My, people, um, it doesn't matter how many reps you do, just do something between six and twenty and go close yeah. to failure. But he was talking nonsense about why you should yeah. do like less than three reps for a good like chunk of the year, which you absolutely don't have to do for any reason at all, unless you really want to. Just <laughs> no, you really don't. Yeah. Um you're talking some nonsense. Like you take about. it back to he, he he was talking nonsense about when so you... like cavemen they didn't do that did they no no well he, he was talking about it, it can help you build more muscle when you go back to lifting in a higher rep range because then you can it's just nonsense like none of that's been ever proven and actually makes no sense um but yeah so i still on the topic of people you can't <laughs> trust that's what i was going to ask you is you you've read a lot of tim Spector stuff haven't you or you you hate the whole what's his app called Zoe. Yeah, i think it's bollocks yeah, what I've I've never actually the Zoe app. Yeah, I can't stand it. Why Why do you think it's shit? Just because it's trying to sell personalized nutrition well, he... and an expensive blood test. Um, there's that, and then he comes out. He came out again, um, in the new year and said that exercise has no impact on weight gain or weight loss. Yeah, yeah. and I just think that's utterly stupid. Like, it's yeah. just such a stupid thing to say because of course it does it's energy expenditure um and that you know you have to regulate your food in order to um like maintain the correct blood sugar levels and stuff like that which i don't disagree with but he says that um exercise has no impact on it or exercise can reverse type 2 diabetes yeah yeah. that's proven so yeah like so how can you possibly say that exercise doesn't influence weight loss or blood sugar levels? Like I, yeah, he just wants people to pay for his stuff and um, like whether you're eating rice cakes or rice, it just doesn't matter for the most people. Yeah. yeah. Um, your blood sugar is supposed to go up when you eat, like your insulin levels are supposed to spike when you eat. Like yeah. That's how the body works. And he's like, no, it's terrible. Don't do it. You don't, you don't ever want that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I can't take him seriously. Fair enough. Um, should we crack on? So basically, listen to us. <laughs> I th- I think it's really hard. Cause 
I think we've gone through a stage where there's so much information out there, which is great because it's all accessible and it's not behind paywalls for the most part. Um, but now there's so much and so much misinformation, it's almost more difficult to find good information and people you can actually trust compared to just getting like hooked with some clickbaity stuff on social media and then following what they do like fasting yeah 100 percent. um yeah i think it is difficult to find people to trust there's now one person i essentially listen to about training who's that lyle mcdonald yeah have you heard no, of him? i haven't come across him yeah so he no but loads of social media out and most people hate him he's bipolar and but he he just tells the truth and he's yeah he's probably i think he is the only person i trust with train related content fair right i'll give him a follow um i think everyone else is just a sellout <laughs> except us we're free yeah yeah we don't we don't make any money do we no <laughs> no and um, let's crack on with today's topic then. So we're, we're going to talk about, well, hopefully it's, have you got a goal at the moment? I guess yours is just related to rehab. So I've actually got a couple um, because obviously um, I'm on some sort of spectrum, which means I can't ever go 10 minutes without signing up for something. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> um, I have set myself on Strava, the target of swimming 500,000 metres, not kilometres, that'd be a long way, metres in the year, um, which comes from like base almost 500,000. Oh, 500,000. I was going to say it was... It's like 10k a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like 10k a week, which is keeping me honest at the moment. Um, I've signed up to Beachy Head Ultramarathon in October. Um, and I'm hoping to do an ultra swim 55, 54, something like that. Um, but it's hilly. Um, it's yeah. off-road and it's hilly. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also looking to do an, a sort of long distance pool swim um, at the end of April as a fundraiser as well. But I'm still sort of mapping out what that's going to look like and what I'm going to do for that. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, a few things, but to be honest, most everything comes back to can I be pain free? Yeah, yeah. God, your park run's nice and flat, isn't it? I was just I realize you're back on the Strava. Yeah, that's flat park run. Yeah, so pain. Yeah, I, um, I titled it park runner. It was the school playing field. <laughs> it wasn't actually park run. I I did think that looked like no. A that's why I said I won it. I was the only runner doing it. <laughs> um, that's nice so you have got some decent came first yeah um, let's crack on with today's topic yeah so goal setting and what people do around this time of year and how most people are dropping out of whatever they signed up for in January because most things don't last a month um, the statistic from uh, a friend of mine who works at Nuffield is that if you live more than 13 minutes away from wherever your like, training venue is, you're 80% more likely to drop out of whatever you're doing. Like the 13 mm -hmm. minutes is the kind of 
yeah um that's the data that they came up with and that was you know Snuffield and they're a big corporation so um they do gather a lot of data on on that sort of thing um so i think my number one recommendation for people who are setting goals or trying to stick with goals is reduce the friction like literally make doing your exercise as easy as you possibly can yeah like try and tag it try and tag it onto the end of work pack your bag the night before like some of these basics that we have spoken about before but like I'm finding myself at the moment very tired at work and having to go back to the basics to just motivate myself to go and get stuff done but it is as simple as that um, and if we create any sort of friction between us and the exercise we're trying to do it's so easy to not do it yeah. particularly this time of year yeah yeah and well, the, the 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 people that I train at the moment, the the hardest thing is being disciplined with nutrition and not training. But obviously, yeah. that's different for them because they're paying a personal trainer, so they kind of have to turn up. Um, yeah. What what would what advice would you give for people that are struggling with their nutrition? I'm including us in that. Um, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I used to be on the like cut everything out category. Um, for for me now, my focus is portion size. I don't cut out any foods. I eat whatever I want. If I want to have a glass of wine with dinner uh, or a beer on the weekend, then I'll do it. I don't feel guilty about doing those things because I think the the problem that a lot of people have and I've definitely had in the past is you feel bad twice. Like you, you do, you eat the pudding or whatever and you feel bad about it. And then you feel bad for feeling bad. Um, yeah. And you kind of compound the issue around food and you make food a, a complicated issue. Whereas if you think, okay, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm just going to have a little bit of it. So I have really focused on my portion size and portion control since Christmas. And I've found that to be the most effective way because I don't have to say no to anything. Because yeah. um, saying no makes me feel like I'm missing out. And then, then it makes me want it more because I've got no self-control. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. For, for me, it is like I, I struggle with the environment thing. So there's always, if you're always surrounded by like, chocolates biscuits all that kind of stuff is yeah it's a, it's a lot harder than saying that when i've lived on my own i've been in complete control of what i'm what i'm around i still find myself buying chocolate biscuits <laughs> yeah it's not, yeah yeah it's difficult and on on the back of that i also think you know that book we read um determined yeah i, I hate making excuses for people but I've I've I find myself now I know what I know about that kind of stuff I I find it really hard to make make excuses for people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like that, like a lot of people probably have less control over that than they think they do. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then feel bad about it as well, which doesn't help. Yeah. But say, saying that, I've had a, I've had like I'd most... say that's my number one recommend read. That book. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I've, I've still not finished it. I'm about halfway through now. <laughs> <laughs> That's been months. 
Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll get through that at some point. Um. Okay, so yeah, we were going to do a mini series discussing running over the next few weeks. Yes, um, this is a bit of area of your expertise, but I wanted to chime in on a personal note at the beginning about um, the pressures of running. And I think, because you've spoken about, um, te- is it temporal significance? Like always starting things on a Monday or like the first of a month and things like that. Yeah, it's statistically slightly yeah. more likely to stick. Yeah, well, I think running is really, really bad for that in terms of milestones, like 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, like setting times for things. I think running is so uh, overloaded with stats and data that people feel like they should be doing things that they don't actually enjoy and might not quite be ready for yet. Yeah. Was it them um, running know, your first five k or ten k or half marathon or marathon? Yeah, if it if I were giving advice to um anyone who's starting out and running, I would say don't use GPS and just use a stopwatch. Yeah. Yeah, I would say get rid of GPS. Um, why? Because you think people get carried away with trying to clock up mileage or hit a certain pace or distance or. Yeah, 100%. And I think sometimes that will make you go too far and sometimes you won't go as far as you could because you'll stop at a certain distance instead of just training on feeling. Yeah. And you can still do interval sessions or hill sessions or whatever. You can be really productive with it. But, you know, I when we had Jasper on, we did his Ironman training plan. And yeah. in the training plan we hardly had any runs that were done on distance. They were all done on time. Yeah. So. Physiologically, it makes more sense to do it based off of time in a hot race zone and a certain distance. Exactly that. And I think that we do it when we're looking at things like an Ironman, but why not do it for everyone? You know, I, when I did my 5K, I ran 5K and then I finished and was like, could I have gone further? Was that a bit too much? Like in my mind, I was always going to go 5k and yeah, I just don't think it's very helpful psychologically. So I would say get rid of the, um, get rid of the the GPS. I mean, maybe have it, but don't look at it. Like just on your screen, just have the time so that you don't know how far you've run. Um, You know, so you can look back on it. It's nice and you can track it, but just don't make it your, your like most important thing. That'd be my advice. Yeah, I think that is good advice, but I think it's difficult practically. Go on. Because, so for, for me, if I was going to go for a run now, there's maybe like three or four different loops near me and I know how far each one is. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I if I was going to go for a run, I can not, I know there's a couple of 10k loops I can go and do. There's a five and there's an eight, or there, or there's like a three yeah. and a half. Um, so that I, I find that difficult. Obviously, you could, and I have done this at points when I've trained how you're saying just off the time. Whatever I know, I've got to go for 40 minutes and I know roughly what my pace will be. 
I'll pick a sort of distance that's about right and either do a little bit more or a little or walk the end if I finished. Um, yeah. And then obviously, the other, but even it on a course, course, but like even on a route that you know is 10K, yeah. if you cover your GPS and then you go, like someone says, right, how far are you in? You're like, I don't know, maybe three, three and a half, could be four. Like you don't know exactly how far you are into the run if you're not looking at the gps so even though you know your kind of total okay i don't want to run further than 10k so here's a look that's 10k you're not gonna unless you know it like the back of your hand you're not gonna know exactly where you are and be kind of oh no i need to run a bit quicker because my watch says that i'm a bit slower than i was last time yeah, yeah. kind of thing I've, I've been covering up pace for sure because if you just flick your like say you've got a garmin or an apple watch you can just leave it on the heart rate one not looking at the pace yeah screen. Um, which Are you I, still enjoying the Apple Watch? Uh, no. You're not? When, I, I just have issues with heart rate again. Yeah. So I did park run on Saturday and it said my, I think it said my max heart rate was 164 and my average is about 159 maybe, but I was dying. And then <laughs> weirdly, it seems, weirdly, it seems less accurate when I'm outside. So I did, I did an interval session. That's on weird. Tuesday. I did an interval session on Tuesday on a treadmill and my heart rate looked pretty accurate. Like I got to one eight seven, I think, which is high for me. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, when I went outside, it just seems to never pick up my heart rate. That is bizarre. Yeah. So I've been looking at maybe getting a chest strap again or, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a watch because I have this issue with every single watch I own. Yeah. I, I mean, wrist-based is not necessarily fantastic, is it? No, but you'd, you'd think you'd... So they think wrist-based is okay for steady state? And not... Yeah, not, yeah. Not interval sessions. Um, but even then, it's I think it was like 0.96 correlation to ECG. So you're always going to be within, what, 8 to 10 beats per minute, depending on if your max heart rate is above 200 or not. Um yeah, yeah. That seems to be like miles off most of the time. But it was the same. I think technology is not. Sometimes. Great. Remember when we used to wear those whoop straps and they were crap? Well, I thought mine was crap after about two or three. Oh, there's. Yeah, I thought it was crap. I think after a while they just break. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really good for about three, four months. Yeah, it was the same. Yeah. Yeah, but they sign you up for 12 months. I threw it away after six. Yeah, and then they let you trial it for a month free as well. So I think they get a lot of people in that way because you think it's great to yeah. start. You know, after a while, you just think this is not impacting yeah. my life in any way at all. Going back to what I kept doing the questionnaire thing on it as well. Yeah, I kept doing that for a while. Oh, did you have caffeine after 4 p.m.? Who cares? Um, mm. Yeah, going back to Stephen Bartlett, <laughs> like, that's all. that's all like the same fucking thing. Like... It's just marketing and advertising to get you to buy a product that you just do not need. Yeah, that and Huel. That's the oh, same yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, um, my brother used Huel when he was trying to get back into shape, and he did lose a lot of weight. Like he did find it quite tasty and quite, you know, satiating as a meal replacement. Yeah, but it's kind of what you were saying about reducing friction. It does make it quite easy not to. No. Not to mess stuff up, but it's you're not going to drink Huel for the rest of your life, are you? I don't know, maybe you are. Nah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be drinking Huel for the rest of my life. No. Um, but yeah, still, yeah, I just think, and then maybe I'm being too cynical. I feel like I'm going to end up wearing a tinfoil hat someday soon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think at the moment there's so much bullshit out there. It's just all yeah. marketing and advertising and I don't think being in the fitness industry helps. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's why I, for New Year's for running, um, I would say um, don't join a club. Um, do it just with friends initially because I think you'll get like swooped up in this whole get this technology, get this watch, get these trainers, get the carbon plate in your shoes, yeah. like all the crap around it, which is why I'm still loving my open water swimming because the only thing you can do with open water swimming really is just get in and swim. Yeah. Like that. that's it. And nobody overthinks it. Um, there isn't technology that you sort of, I mean, there's wetsuits, but if you don't use one, um, you know, you just, you just get in and do it. Um, and I love it because the conversation is so simple. And I think that's what puts a lot of people off running is the first thing they're asked is I watch 5k time. And if you're not happy with your 5k time, you don't want to share it. You feel embarrassed mm. and then you just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think if we're looking at getting started, take away the distance thing. Don't look at it when you're running. Um, and try and try and go somewhere that you want to be like be in an environment that you want to be in. You know, if you have a local park or, you know, if the park run or, You've got some trails like I can't recommend trails highly enough versus just pavement bashing. Yeah, yeah. Even for just strain on the body, you know, it is reduced. A lot a lot of people a lot of I think a lot of people go through that phase where they get really into running and it becomes what you're saying, all about pace and distance and trying to hit a PB. And yeah. they burn out with that and switch to trail running. Um, and then it becomes more a lot about enjoying it, good scenery. Yeah. Not like pace doesn't matter. Because I was really trying for that. Like just before my injury, I'd got my 10k PB, my half marathon PB, and I really wanted to push for a marathon PB. And then as soon as I hurt my back, all I could think was, if I never run another personal best, I don't care as long as I can just go running. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't believe I got so caught up in, and I'm not even quick, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to Paris in 2024. I'm running very mediocre times and yet it just became a complete obsession and I don't, I mean, give it a few months, but I'd never ever want to get back in that situation again. Yeah. But I, I think it is like at some point that discussion turns into at what point is it a training program? What point is it an exercise program? Yeah. And I think when you start saying that with like, uh, it doesn't matter what your pace is or how far you go or like it does to some extent if you're trying to, but it, it comes back to your, we've not really touched on goal setting yet, but if, if your goal is to just be somewhat fit and healthy, you don't need to be that fit. And I think you can just get away with exercising. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially for like the mental benefit of it as well. That's a terrible yeah. angle of me. I'm just trying to move my <laughs> little I'm Shrek. Just, I'm just <laughs> trying to get comfortable. So yeah. I, I think it is a fine line between 
if you have got a goal and you go too much down that road of just get out and enjoy it, like I think it's easy to slip into just doing exercise and not training. Yeah. Which isn't which isn't a bad thing, especially if you're already like that example I just gave of where you've done loads of running, you get a bit burnt out by trying to hit PBs all the time, so you just switch. Like you're already probably doing plenty to hit the physical recommendations to be healthy. Yeah. Um, but if you are very unfit and you want to reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, I think you need to do something somewhat structured to make sure you do improve. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Because if you're in that position, doing like anything is better than nothing, isn't it? To yeah. Understand. Yeah. Um, so just oh no my brother again he's just joined this like um, it's not CrossFit it's basically like circuit classes run out of a warehouse yeah Um, and again it's going there purely to reduce friction like literally just turns up and gets told what to do 40 minutes and then leaves and that's it done session session finished Um, and you know they manage all the progressions and whatever for you but I would say that he's probably viewing it as exercise, but it could be classified as training. But how how do they do that? Um, they I think they set the number of reps. They've got like levels that you can do each. So there's like everyone does it for the same amount of time, but how many reps you do depends. So you go in and you do either like a bronze, silver, or gold, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So one week, you know, you might be on the bronze, and then for two of the rounds, you manage to do silver. Yeah. Um, so they add a bit of progression in which, you know, I'm not saying it's overly specific, but, you know, it allows people to see a little bit of development, which is quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I found interesting that I was reading this week. And it seems quite obvious when you when I say this, but when you look at men and women who do CrossFit and the women always look more muscular, it's because a, yeah. lot, a lot of their loads are not that different. And obviously men and average are stronger. So, like, doing a 100-kilogram deadlift is not much of a stimulus for men, but doing, yeah. that, doing that for women is. Yeah, so lifting is a higher percentage. Yeah. So, that like, when you look at it like that, it makes sense why they look more developed from a hypertrophy standpoint than the men do. Because um, there's, some, there's some really good research at the moment where if you lift really heavy and do less than three reps in all your training... Um, for like most parts of the year, you can get stronger in the rest of the year, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, yeah. Should we get Huberman on? He'll probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to. I would love to debate that topic with him. Yeah, I do often think this with people like that. I'd love to just ask you the obvious question. Yeah, which no one ever will because. People just take. There is a term for that where someone's got a PhD and they just get authority on a topic. Um, the same. Do you know what was interesting is most diet books are published by doctors. You go and ask your doctor about something related to nutrition; they've not got a clue half the time. No, they haven't got a clue. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Do you think that's just a money making thing? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. That's well, another podcast I don't like. Um. Doctor, oh crap! I'm gonna have to get his name up here. Um, bear with. 
we're getting a bit of topic about this. What what do you think are the most important topics to cover in relation to running? Um, how to get started, how to enjoy it, and how not to get injured. Okay, should we take? Should we think of how to get started? Yeah, because physios make a lot of money this time of year um, with people that have taken up running in January and have got bad ankles and knees and hips. So my Um, group program that I run, I don't know what my first session for them was. What's that? But I'm going to have to bring it up now. I can't remember. I think it was 10 lots of 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off. Running or training? Running. Yeah, nice. Um, what if you had a group of people that had never run before? What would you give them? What was it? Was the twenty seconds like high intensity? I didn't talk about intensity or anything. I just said run for twenty seconds, walk for forty seconds, do that ten times. Um. Yeah, I'm probably going to do something pretty similar to that. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I just checked. I might do the magic, the magic minute session. Have you done that one? What's the magic? And then my next session was twelve lots of thirty on thirty off. Okay, so the magic minute is every every run is a like every um interval is a minute, and you either run for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, or sixty seconds. Yeah, and then rest rest for the remainder of the minute. Yeah, but the the performer doesn't know which one is coming. Right, and how many do you do? Well, depends on the person you've got in front of you, but oh right, this is you um, catching someone in front of you. Yeah, so I I probably do because you need someone to tell you because otherwise it's not hidden. Yeah, um, you know what's coming? Yeah, yeah, but if you're if you're doing it yourself, twenty seconds on, four seconds off, thirty thirty. Something like that, but to be honest, if you're looking at, if you're not comfortable running at a higher intensity, because I think as soon as you see twenty seconds, you think, right, I'm going to push it here. If you're not comfortable doing that, I'd probably do two minutes running, like really slowly, and then a minute walking. Yeah, but before I wrote, so I wrote out twelve weeks of programming for my group sessions. Yeah, and I looked at the couch to five k. And I actually thought some of their jumps week on week are actually quite big. Do you reckon? Yeah. So I I ended up going with more gradual progressions in the Couch to 5K program. Yeah. I did, when I worked at Amplify back in those days, um, I did a modified Couch to 5K. I think Couch to 5K was 12 weeks and I did it in 16. Yeah. I think instead. Um just to reduce those those jumps, like you say. Yeah. So yeah, to, to get started, our general recommendations would be don't run really hard. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Just just run. Yeah. Start with walk, run. I would go with less than a minute. So I think if you've got someone that's overweight and they've never run before, I think a minute's actually quite a long time for them to run for. And yeah, I'd be worried about is they end up absolutely hating it because it's so hard. Yeah. That's why I start at the 20 on 40 off. Because if they do go a little bit too hard, the work to rest is two to one, so they should still drop back down. Um, Their heart rate should still drop back down so they're not dying through the session. Yeah. 
Um, but also you feel, I like feeling like I've worked hard in a session and got my heart rate up. And I think 20 seconds is long enough to make you feel like you've done something by the end of it as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, nothing else in their week will get their heart rate up more than that. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, that would be my recommendation. And then yeah. I think once you've got your starting point, because I feel like the whole getting started thing is a really valuable conversation because I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people writing rehab programs for the sports I've worked with and they're like, I just don't know like where to start. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you never know. It's slightly more difficult with a rehab, but it's the same principle. Like you're trying to give them enough to stimulate some sort of adaptation, whether that's um, musculoskeletal or metabolic. And it's difficult because you want to improve those things, but you don't want to start with something that's potentially going to break them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what I'm finding hard at the moment is putting together my own or a lot of my training and rehab it's like where's the line yeah like how how far can I go and I'd say most people particularly if they're uninjured go a lot further below the line than they actually realise yeah and it's always going to be a bit of a guess and it's always going to be a long journey so I'd always start really conservative which again becomes more yeah. difficult when you're working as working as sports you've got different pressures like this fix is really important or this competition is really important. So we need to get them back for this. And then sometimes you end up working backwards. But if you've got, if you're not in a rush, just start really. Yeah. Take time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the takeaway message today, isn't it? Be conservative and reduce friction. Yeah. There we go. Look we'll, at that. Summed up nicely. We'll wrap it up there and we'll go, go more into, um, yeah, more into detail in the next next podcast episode yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm glad to be back yes yeah, nice to that, but i'm happy um yeah we'll be back same time next week yeah i love it cool thank you all for listening and see you next time